Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Carty. Hey, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two pieces of media, mash them up, and see where they cross over. Yeah, we stick them around. Yeah, yeah. And we do it over and over and over again until we get it right. Yes, which takes a while. It does. Uh, some say 10,000 years. Some yeah. say 35. The movie studio says two weeks. Wow, really? Yeah, wow. there's a lot of discussion. But before Man. that makes sense to anybody, what, yep. are we, what are we talking about today? <laughs> so today we are mashing up Bring It On and Groundhog Day. Yeah. Because this episode will air before the actual Groundhog Day. But I do love a good holiday-themed episode. Yeah, we just want you to be prepared, guys. Yeah, because, I mean, you, we don't want you to wake up over and over and yeah. worry that something is wrong. Just know that you're in a time loop. Exactly. And yeah. there are ways to get out of this. Yeah. Uh, Maybe is, through a cheerleading competition. Maybe through making Andy McDowell love you. Aww. Yeah. Maybe before. Maybe she'll never love you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. In which case, go find Kristen Dunst. She'll know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> or Gabrielle Union. She would probably be a better oh, person. And actually, I feel like Gabrielle Union, we were talking about this earlier, looks the exact same now as she did back when, like, bring it on. I, I want to say she was in, um, like, She's All That or something, too. Yeah. She she is not aged, so she might be in her own special time loop of, Gabri- of beauty. Gabrielle Union, secret time lord. Yes. <laughs> or secret doctor. Everybody's okay. a secret time lord now. It's true. It's, uh, you know, one of the things that we're trying to bestow upon the world with this podcast is the fact of everyone being the doctor. Exactly. Yay. Uh, Annie, why don't you tell us a little bit about Bring It On? So Bring It On is a teen comedy about two opposing uh, cheerleading forces. It came out in 2000. Cheerleading forces forces dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, unleash the cheerleaders <laughs> i mean they're called squads but why can't we have two opposing cheerleading forces i would love it going head to head that would actually be like the was it the that movie with that angry roman guy or greek guy uh a, my big fat greek wedding no <laughs> no um for it's um 300 oh, 300 yeah i was gonna say it's a number <laughs> that angry greek guy you know 300 what <laughs> you can tell that gerard butler runs a diner <laughs> i wouldn't even want him to see spinach and feta omelet <laughs> i don't even want gerard butler to be in a movie about a diner no or anywhere near but it. But anyway. Moving on. <laughs> That's not what this movie is. There, there are, to our knowledge, no angry Greek men in Bring It On. I mean, I haven't seen the extended scenes. So. That's true. Director's cut. Um, <laughs> the film follows Torrance Shipman, who is the new captain of her school's national title winning cheerleading squad, the Toros. Um, when a new cheerleader, Missy, recognizes the Toros routine, uh, Torrance realizes that the previous Toros captains have been stealing routines from the East Compton Clovers. Shady. Yeah, totes shady. The Clovers can't afford to go to big competitions, so the Toros have been winning with them without any, like, repercussions until now. Toros, Torrance and the Toros realize that they need to learn a completely new set of routines. Um, 
Meanwhile, Torrance also tries to give the Clovers money to compete, thinking like, oh, I'm going to help these kids out. Yeah. But the Clovers are offended because they're like, we can fundraise ourselves. We have awesome routines. Mm -hmm. We don't need your pity. Thank you. Um, so the Clovers end up getting money to go to nationals where the two forces <laughs> face off. Blood. And it is bloody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only one will survive. Yeah. And Kirsten Dunst gets replaced by like a giant cyclops wielding a double axe. <laughs> yeah. It's, the it's awesome. Yeah. The director's cut is directed by Zack Snyder. It's uh, very slow motion into fast motion. Yep. A lot of snapping bones and yeah. blood sprays. But you know, Zack Snyder did a real good job with baby owls. So I feel like he might actually do a good job with cheerleading competition. Yeah. He he has like very surprising skills where you don't expect him to. I feel like Sucker Punch was kind of like oh, Zack Snyder's that's version true. of a cheerleader Yeah, movie. never mind. Yeah. Go back to the baby owls, Zack Snyder. <laughs> um, so anyway, at Nationals, um, the two face off with their original routines, um, really just amping up the competition. And the Clovers win first place, the Toros win second place. Everyone realizes that having an even playing field is what we should all be striving for. Playing field. I get I it. I yep. get it. Um, so characters include um, Taurus Captain Torrance, who's played by Kirsten Dunst. Really just kind of born into that position. Yeah, like she really is. Torrance is. and you yeah. go to school with the Toros. Right. I, I kept getting confused the first time I watched it because I'm like, is that your school name? What is that you ha what you have to take as captain? <laughs> when you are a captain of the team, you assume the team's name. Exactly. You, like, the, like legally, too. You have to get a new social security card. Yeah. Um, Missy, who's the newest addition to the Toro squad, um, because she, the school doesn't have a gymnastics team. So she's like, well, I might as well sign up for this. Mm -hmm. Um, played by Eliza Dushku, who is from Buffy, as we all know and love her, um, and Dollhouse, but I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Maybe like this is just a spinoff of Dollhouse. Like this is one of her oh, projects maybe. or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so Missy's hot kind of, um, hipster nerd brother cliff um he has a ramones poster yeah he has a ramones poster so you know he's cool yeah. um but also an outsider mm -hmm. um so he and tauros end up having a relationship um there's isis who's played by gabrielle union who's the clover captain she is a time lord yeah <laughs> so established. we've already established that um other tauros tier leaders include courtney whitney darcy and former captain slash Sketch Festery, big, Sketch Factory, Big Red. Kind of like Festery. Festery. She's just festering. She's festering with sketchiness. Yeah. <laughs> um, other Clover's cheerleaders include Genelope, Lafred, and Lava. Um, whoever was doing the naming in this movie had some fun. Yeah. Even just to have a protagonist named Torrance, first of all. Yeah. Was like your first step. Right? Not like Kenny or yeah. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and other. Uh, characters include um cheerleading choreographer sparky polastri who the toros briefly hired to make a routine for them also not a way to win at a major competition yeah. and do they get what they asked for no because he no. rips it off too oh yeah exactly yeah and he's just selling it to everybody yeah yeah he's like the, he's like the bring it on version of the music man just travels yeah, from that's town to true. town selling cheerleading routines. Yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's an interesting crossover right there. Yeah, we're spawning them off one after yeah, the other. Yeah, oh, exactly. This one, <laughs> this one is spawning all sorts of crossovers. Um, some themes from the movie are white privilege. Um, so Torrance obviously learns that, her, that while her group is talented, they have a huge advantage when it comes to cheerleading compared to the equally, if not more talented squads like the Clovers. Um, and the Clor Clovers reject Torrance's money because they don't want some white pity. They know they can fundraise for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so the movie, even though it does seem like it's about a white cheerleading team that 
is going to rise above challenges. It like is it's to an extent. It but. is. Um, but I do like that it's also a movie that has you rooting for like again, like an evil even playing field. You don't want to see the Toros win because they have all these advantages. Right. And it's like, yeah, I feel like it's like a sneakily more progressive movie than you would expect so, a yeah, like, like a not you know, a, well, a two thousand cheerleading right. movie to be. Exactly. Um, like yeah, it's definitely kind of still for a white audience. Um but I like that it's kind of confronting these issues. Also a uh, cultural appropriation. Like yeah. the Toros have literally been stealing the Clover's Shears. Um and they can only get so far stealing a black team's moves and music. And their actions have been seriously damaging to a very talented squad. Mm-hmm. Um, another theme is that just you have to put in the work. Like the Toros are most successful when they are working hard and committing to their own creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, they they just run into ultimate failure and embarrassment. Ultimate failure. And yeah, exactly. When going head to head in cheerleading war. <laughs> exactly. Against the forces. Maha. Um, so yeah, some things I like about the movie and I think other people will like is that just cheerleading is really fun and exciting. Mm. I I feel like just watching the dance and cheerleading part of it is really cool. Like you get to see these people thrown crazy high up in the air and do all these awesome gymnastics moves. And they have all their safety is just themselves, like, and hoping that there's someone there to catch them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good time for cheerleading sportiness. Um, it is a fluffy, fun teen movie. Like, it's a real adorable good time. But it also doesn't take itself too seriously and has a little sharp edge of satire in there. Yeah. Um, like, even just the Torrance High School or um, Torrance's High School is uh, Rancho Carne. Which is, Meat Ranch. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> I feel like the... We are the forces of the meat ranch. (laughs) Yes. We march on the clovers at dawn. (laughs) So I feel like the writers had a lot of fun with making sure that there are are these little jabs in there. It's Mm -hmm. like they they obviously care for the characters, but they understand that this is not a movie about big, important issues. These are like kids having fun and... It is still cheerleading. Yeah, I feel like everything is sort of imbued with a wit that's like one yeah. step above the the stories that are yeah, unfolding. Yeah, exactly. And it, and like it allows the characters to be smart and confident and cool, but also again to it it recognizes that this world is very like heightened dramatically. Yeah, and, exactly. Um. So yeah, and it's so it's really fun, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a. A world that has a, re- a lot of good fanfic potential. Like, there are a lot of fun side characters, and there's a potential for some real expanded, expanded universe. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the movie did end up spawning several, like, straight-to-video sequels. Um, but I feel like I can see this as a good grounding. If you're like, you know, I want to write a hundred fanfics about all these random characters. So that raises a good question. Are direct-to-video sequels the fan fiction of the movie production world? Basically, yeah, because I know the sequels for this, like, they don't really have anything to do with the original characters. Right. And I don't know anybody who thinks that, like, The Lion King 2 Simba's pride is canonical among The Lion oh, King. Wait, like, what are you saying? Like, I feel like, I don't know. If, I don't, it's not like. Right, you don't have The Lion King. I mean, I'm sorry Sim- to bring this to Simba's you. but pride, like, I, screenplay. I think it's a separate Wikipedia page. No! <laughs> But yeah, that it's like they're almost like experiments in a storytelling realm. Yeah, and it's like we enjoy the basic plot structure and character archetypes here, so let's play around with them. Yeah. 
just I guess they're done for profit, whereas yeah, and like with actual love. approval from the studios. Well, that too. So you know, <laughs> as you don't have to write at the top of your fanfic like I'm making no money from this. Please don't right. sue me. You don't have to call it "shming it down" or something like <laughs> <laughs> "shming it down." Shming it down. <laughs> Hello, fellow youths. <laughs> <laughs> you know when that phrase was sweeping the nation. Yep. Baby fish mouth. <laughs> oh, baby fish mouth. Um, so yeah that is um the world of bring it on yay well annie why don't you sit back and let me tell you a little bit about a world called groundhog day over and over and over yes <laughs> not like i haven't already yeah uh, so groundhog day is a 1993 film directed by the late harold ramus uh, it was co-written by ramus and danny rubin who also wrote the story for it uh it stars bill murray uh it's one of his like bill murrayest roles uh and annie mcdowell in one of her annie mcdowelliest roles like they're both just kind of at the height of their games um those were the 90s, man. I know, really. It is so 90s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Groundhog Day is the rare mundane fantasy sci-fi romantic comedy hybrid that actually works. I mean, it's the rare one of those in general, but then it actually works mm. on all sides as well. It is a really fascinating fantasy movie. It's a fascinating sci-fi movie. It's a fascinating romantic comedy. Like it does, uh, it sort of runs on all cylinders, which is really impressive. Now I'm going to find a whole list of other movies that are fantasy romantic comedy sci-fi yeah. and be like let's look at how all these do yeah let's let's put them on a sliding yeah. scale uh but groundhog day would be at the top of any scale of them pretty much it is mm. uh, a pretty wonderful Chal- film Chal- well that is true yeah uh it'd be hard to beat we'll say uh so yeah basic synopsis uh bill murray plays phil connors who's a weatherman for a pittsburgh news station yay pittsburgh oh i do i don't think i recognize that when we watched it yeah hometown hero phil connors uh or is he oh no um he travels to punxsutawney uh the night before groundhog's day to cover groundhog day along with his producer rita and their cameraman larry who's played by chris elliott and is thus delightful um Phil is incredibly self-centered and misanthropic and just kind of generally down on everything, especially Groundhog Day and especially the city of Punxsutawney. He talks about how they're it's all It's no hex. Pittsburgh. Oh, it is not. It is not the cosmopolitan center of the universe, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and he's just kind of ready to get it over with and go home. So the next morning they wake up and go and cover Groundhog Day and then find out that because of a snowstorm, they're actually going to be stuck there overnight. So they uh, Rita goes out to some of the local activities. Phil snubs them because he's a jerk just Mm -hmm. goes home goes to bed and wakes up the next morning on groundhog day uh he finds out that he is stuck in a time loop where every single morning he will wake up and it is groundhog day in punxsutawney pennsylvania um he is the only one who realizes anything is repeating he is the only one who has any memory of anything else that has happened everything around him plays out the exact same way every single day unless he directly changes it in which case he goes to bed at the end of the day and wakes up and everything has reset um There's a lot of great play in the beginning of the movie with him sort of embracing this as like an all-powerful fantasy kind of deal. Uh, He can eat whatever you want. Whatever you want. He uses it to get laid, like by building his powers and learning about people and asking them. Like, there's a lot of fun manipulation of that. But gradually, as he comes to realize that nothing he is doing is having any effect, he spirals deeper and deeper into depression and actually ends up in a sequence. Um, uh, your funniest suicide montage sequence 
sequence that's ever been put on film. Is that it's is just true. him taking his own life and still waking up every morning the next day. Um, and then gradually as the movie goes on, he starts to realize that uh, the only way to make himself happy is to kind of earn his happiness. He starts making himself better. He learns how to play the piano. He learns how to be an ice sculptor because what else are you going to do in central Pennsylvania in February? For like one day. For one day in one yeah. day increments. Um he starts learning the rhythms of the city and also interacting with it in ways that are positive. Like he saves a kid from falling out of a tree. He saves a guy who chokes on a meatball at a restaurant um, and just gradually sort of makes himself a better person. Uh, and then ultimately, over the course of this, he is also trying to court Rita, uh, who is not having it for most of the movie. And then gradually, as he becomes a better person, he starts to be more successful. And at the end of the day... Uh, he does one last loop through where he kind of does everything right during the day. He takes Rita out, professes that he loves her, uh, and then they go to bed together and they wake up the next morning and it's a different day. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think it's basically uh, he manages to break out of his cycle largely by improving himself and sort of making himself deserve it. Yeah, and I like that from the frame here. Like, I feel like there's the, the initial expectation that it's like, once Rita falls in love with him, yeah. he's going to get out of this cycle, which doesn't happen. Like, right. he expects it too. Yeah. So and it's not just about making this person fall in love with you. It's like, like you say, he has to be a completely better person in this town in yeah. order to break out of this cycle. Yeah, it's not like on the last day, like, they spend the night together and that's the thing that does it. It's yeah. He literally tells her, like, I love you, I'm really happy no matter what the next day is. And yeah. it's that he has sort of found this inner happiness. Yeah. Allows him to continue outward uh, and keep moving. Um, Yeah, there's a moment earlier in the film, which I love, which he basically shows Rita his power. He tells her, like, hey, I know everything that's going to happen. He proves it to her over the course of the day. And they spend the day together and mm -hmm. have a lovely time. And then he wakes up the next morning and it's all reset yeah. again. And it's like, you've got to keep moving further mm. than just getting her to like you. Yeah. Um, so characters, uh, central character Phil Connors, uh, again, just super Bill Murray-ish role. Uh, he's a weatherman and uh, our humble protagonist, well, learns to be humble, who's also mm -hmm. a time lord, just like Gabrielle Union. Um, so he's our secret doctor uh, in Groundhog Day. That's another game we should add. Who's should secretly a time find lord? Find a secret doctor. Uh, Rita is his producer, played by Anton Cadell. Larry, the cameraman, who, again, doesn't have a whole lot of personality as a character, but is played by Chris Elliott and is therefore great. Uh, and one of the really fun parts of the movie is because you're playing through the same cycle over and over and over, you really get to know the rhythms and the people of the town, and the townspeople that the movie has populated are pretty great. Um, there's Ned Ryerson, who's played by Steven Sobolewski, uh, and is just the most annoying insurance salesman in the world, who sort of seems there to be proved, to prove that like just some people just got to get punched sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's Buster Green, the MC of the Groundhog Day festivities, who's also played by Brian Doyle Murray, who's Bill Murray's brother. And so I like that oh, they got to do I a didn't movie know together. That. Yeah. Uh, there's Mrs. Lancaster, the proprietor of the inn that they stay in. There's Gus and Ralph, two guys who sort of become drinking buddies for Phil. Um, Nancy Taylor, the woman who he kind of uses his superpowers to date um, in the early goings. Um, there is an old man, uh, a homeless man, who is always in the background of a lot of shots. And then over the course of the movie, uh, Phil tries over and over to sort of treat him well and save him, but he always dies every night, um, which I think is a lovely sort of comment that like, it's not like Phil is fixing everything in this city and that's what he yeah, does. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's not like 
death is something you have to fix. It's like it's an old guy, too. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, like it's just your time. And, yeah. And it's very, it keeps the universe of the movie centered off of Phil, even while it's a movie all about how he's repeating it. Yeah. It's not like only you have the power to save right. Phil. Um, and then there's, again, a uh, little one off townspeople like his piano teacher, the kid who falls out of the tree, uh, the guy who chokes on a meatball. But like you start to, as you see these people pop up throughout, you start to just kind of connect to them in the same way that I think are echoing the way that Phil kind of learns to walk among them. Um, themes of the movie, uh, a big one is living in the moment and sort of spiritual transcendence. Um, Phil learns to be fully present in a moment and be available to those around him and shed other concerns that are outward. Uh, that's a huge part of the film. Uh, Harold Ramis was married to a Buddhist and had Buddhist mm. sort of leanings in his belief. So he definitely worked a lot of that philosophy into this film. Um, which plays into the idea of self-improvement and hard work, similar to bring it on. You have to kind of earn what you get, uh, whether that's your personal happiness or other people's love. Um, you need to work at it, and it's an ongoing effort. Um, there's, uh, again, awareness of and care for others around you as a way to make yourself a part of the world. And then one thing that I really like about the movie is it manages to really balance the power fantasy of the film while in maintaining a pretty strong internal morality. Um, I really like that even though the, the movie is very willing to go to some dark places like Phil killing himself over and over again, he never acts violently outward at another character. Like Does it's he not... punch someone? Doesn't well, he, he punches punch Ned Ryerson, yeah. but that's in the day that sticks. So, ah. you know, he, uh, I guess he just decides to go for it. Um, wow. I know. So, aside from uh, him. Aside from, aside from Ned Ryerson, and it's not a hard punch. Also, Ned lets him step in a puddle over and over and over again, oh. and that's not cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that there's not like a killing spree rotation, yeah. or like he doesn't get so and nihilistic that he just starts murdering people or like harming And I feel people. like even the the suicide scenes, I see them less as like him trying to kill himself than as like him trying to remove himself from this yeah. loop. It's like I've already done everything I can think of to like wake up somewhere else. So maybe maybe I just need to like Right. You know, like when you're when you fall in a dream and you wake up before you hit the ground, it's like maybe this will make me wake up before I hit the ground. Yeah, he just falls into this loop of like trying to jumpstart things. Yeah, and like trying to do something different. Yeah, like, um, uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there's a lot of online debate because, of course, there is over how long he is in this loop. Um, and I think the general consensus now is about 35 years of days. Oh my god! Um, because he learns to be an amazing pianist and like learns yeah. to carve ice sculptures, learns to throw cards into a hat. Like he he definitely gets a like uh, he has a cheat code on life after this because mm -hmm. he has spent a lot of time leveling his character up um and grinding away um but yeah it is a just a lovely movie it's very cozy while also being very kind of moving and meaningful i find yeah. um and it's also just got great great comedic performances throughout so you'll have a great time watching it um so annie where do these two movies intersect thematically so we were saying talking earlier about how this is Probably one of the harder ones we've done so far. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, like you said, it um, so much about the themes of both of these two is that idea of like self-improvement self and hard work and right. committing yourself to not just your own improvement, but an improvement of your particular society. Mm -hmm. And like for Groundhog Day, it's, you know, the small town and in Bring It On, it's like the world of high school cheerleading yeah um and yeah it's like you you all succeed if 
you can make it as good a place as possible for everyone. Right. And it's like – and. You help people by giving them what they actually need, not what you think they need. Yeah. Like it's like, you know, and bring it on. It's Christian Dunst gives the Clovers money and they're like, no, what we need is for you to not rip us off. Yeah. And in Groundhog Day, it's again, he has the day of the date with Andy McDowell where he's giving her everything that he needs to do to like make her fascinated by him. Yeah. But ultimately he gives her, like he makes her feel special and he, he gives her a day that she would enjoy yes. and shows things that she would respond to. Um. So yeah, that, you know, yeah. total empowerment of community yeah absolutely and also the the joy of uh public spectacle events yes you know the the simple joys yes <laughs> um weird traditions no yeah very weird traditions that people invest a lot of energy yes into. um so yeah but, but how do these actually cross over how do we collapse these universes onto one another okay so i in this universe i'm gonna say that the national cheerleading competition mm -hmm. exists in Puxatawney. Because why would on it not? Groundhog Day? Yeah, yeah. For I mean, <laughs> upstate New York in February is ideal for cheerleading. Yeah, they just decided but to I collapse guess, like, those have, together. Yeah, and maybe if you have like a real big arena there, mm -hmm. you're like, well, we can get space cheap because it's upstate New York. True. In February. Yeah. So we can get a lot of people there. I'm sure there'll be, you know hotels in general yeah. around so <laughs> they'll be available yeah it's like the the groundhog themed national cheerleading title yeah i like that yeah because so, groundhogs so, love dancing so they're there and stuck in the time loop when it happens yes um so i'm gonna say like this this is going on and kirsten dunst realizes that she is in a time loop as well ah. she, and like she and phil mm-hmm find out that like they they keep replaying this day and they have to ultimately work together to bust out of their respective loops yeah they're the only ones who realize something yeah. is wrong yeah um, and it takes them a while because they have very different circles oh yeah um yeah i was thinking something very similar i think my idea would be it's after the events of the groundhog day movie okay phil has learned how to be happy uh -huh. for himself yeah and how to be is happy he with covering a local well that's the thing is he is because you know there's a scene in groundhog day where on the last day he gives a very meaningful report on groundhog day yeah. and what it means and so of course that raises his national profile he starts getting sent around the country to cover a number of things including the national cheerleading yeah. championship but you know he gets there and uh whatever the powers of the universe are in the movie realize that phil may know how to be happy for himself but what he needs to learn now is the value of teamwork and and or, everybody pulling together. Yeah, I, I can um, see there too. If he if he's already experienced this, maybe he sees Kirsten Dunst going through it herself. So it's like oh. now she's in her own loop, and he is a recurring character in there. It's like Groundhog Day two, the new class. Yeah, exactly. He's got to teach her how to ultimately get out of her loop by embittering her society. That's true. I would see. I was thinking maybe Gabrielle Union would be the one who, who Ooh, was aware because they're both secret time lords, as we yeah. as we've established. That so, is like, true. You know, I feel like Kirsten Dunst would be somebody who like they teach to let they they help learn a lesson over the yeah. course of it. But you know, I think. Uh, I mean, ultimately, what I'm saying is it winds up with Bill Murray and Gabrielle Union putting together the best cheerleading routine anyone has ever seen. Like, that is true. Well, but I think that's the thing. So Gabrielle Union already has the best cheerleading oh, routine. that's true. And Kirsten Dunst is the character who actually does need to learn and grow over the course of the film. That is very true. Yeah, Gabrielle Union kind of knows what's up already. So. Yeah, she's like, I've seen this time loop before. Yeah. <laughs> I know how this goes. <laughs> 
but we can still like Bill Murray can still be in a cheerleading outfit at the end of the movie doing cheers. Right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. he'll like do like a somersault on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody will go nuts. Yeah, right. Like if Bill Murray is listening to this and just wants to like make that happen. Yeah. That would oh, be we great. Can, we can call that voicemail box he has where you call to pitch him on ideas. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And just leave it and say, bring it on <laughs> volume eight. It's Groundhog Day this yeah. time. <laughs> bring on groundhogs. <laughs> the groundhog it. forces are coming. We must rally together <laughs> to defeat them. Bring it groundhog, but like make the O and the, the N really big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they'd be backwards. So be bring it no. <laughs> Oh no, the no, other. Oh, yeah, the O, the O, the o yeah. Oh yeah, okay. No, because it'd be G R O ground. U N. Dog. Yeah, I would also watch cheerleading forces battling groundhogs. That's true. That's that would, also allowed. That's my and dark horse so, candidate for crossover. So if the the groundhog actually is the secret to like he's the one controlling bill murray it's mm -hmm. not just like for some oh. reason you entered this time loop it's like the groundhog looked at him and was like you need to learn a lesson and its eyes turned blood yes and, and all the other groundhogs were like blood for the blood god <laughs> i mean and bill murray in that case does make the tactical error of teaching that groundhog how to drive a car that's true. So he's he really can go just, anywhere now. He's aiding and abetting the I'm enemy. And the at this only point. one who can stop them, the 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 Time Lord Groundhog mm -hmm. Army, are the cheerleaders, the and they all have forces. to learn to work together. Well, because the groundhogs may have mastered the ground, but cheerleaders have truly mastered the air. Yes, <laughs> from above from they above. strike. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. Yes. Uh, the sci-fi original movie team needs to contact us yeah. for cheerleaders versus groundhogs. Oh, my God. It's the movie America's been waiting yes. for. Uh, it's the Transformer, Transmorphers of a New Age. Yes. Um, so moving on to games, Annie, you and I were having a conversation earlier about how awkward Kiss Your Faces is as a game in this setup. Yeah, because Bring It On has almost entirely teenage characters and Groundhog Day has like no teenage characters. Yeah, almost entirely middle-aged central Pennsylvania. So I, they're really the only people I want to cross over here are cheerleading choreographer Sparky Palastri and um, the... Uh, cameraman Larry. Yeah. Because I feel like Larry seems like a nice guy, and but I think he can help um, Sparky like leave a life of cheerleading crime. That's true. <laughs> have him go straight. Yeah, exactly. Go, go He's like, he just needs some love. Yeah, he just needs a nice, like, a, a nice cuddle guy to come home to. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want to cuddle Chris Elliott? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah. I can see that because there aren't even really any like teachers present in Bring It. Like I'm trying to think of like no, prominent I mean, adult figures. Yeah, right. It's like there's um, Torrance's parents. Yeah. There's, like, like, uh, there's like the talk show host who gives the Clovers money. Yeah. And, like, it, but, yeah. Like, but it's like they're all like very peripheral. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like I feel like even just thinking about the fanfic world, like there have been a lot of crossover or um, – ships of people within the universe anyway oh that is true um yeah so i feel like that's they're already kissing faces all over there <laughs> there's plenty of faces being kissed exactly um yeah uh so yeah i think it's it's mostly being friends and being fights yeah so let's talk about battle dome oh man so um what do you think for battle dome i mean i think before he found love with the cameraman i feel like sparky and phil would not get along that is true because i mean sparky even before phil goes through stuff is everything that phil hates about the world of like like excitement and, yes. and corruption yeah, corruption and joy and, and like and taking something really silly very seriously exactly like I not think... that cheerleading is silly like it's a real intense sport but yeah. like 
just taking something very seriously that is not a serious thing. Yeah. It's like this is for joy and excitement. Well, yeah. this- I'm not sure who would win in a fight between Sparky and Phil. Because Phil is very grouchy. But I think um, but if, if Phil, fit. yeah, and if Phil has done this 900 times, he would learn to win. That's true. Like, but I think he would get beat real fast. Oh, yeah. Um, at least in the first, like, week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think the combined cheerleading forces of America would beat up Ned Ryerson. Um, wow. Yeah. Needle Nose Ned, their, their arch enemy. Yeah. Um, I feel like... Um, Needle Nose Ned and like Big Red somehow like feel similar yeah. to me. Like not, I don't even know if I want them to fight or be friends, but just like maybe he's, she's like his daughter or something. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe he would wind up being friends. And this is assuming that he was in high school too, which it's established he went to high school because he went there with yeah. Phil, which is, um, maybe he would be friends with Toro's cheater who, or cheerleader who keeps getting injured. Um, oh yeah. They like drop her off the pyramid and yeah, then she falls down the steps her. at the end. They seem like they would get along pretty well. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. Sure, we'll pet. They'll be a best buddy. Best buddies, them. I mean, Ned needs somebody. Um, I'm going to say the kid who falls <gasps> out of the tree oh, and oh. Torrance's brother are battle-doming. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just, I don't even know why. I just want to see them fight. Yeah, just, just let yeah. it fight. Um, well, I did realize that another reason that Ned Ryerson and Injury Cheerleader would be friends is because he could warn her that that first step is a doozy. Oh, there you go. Uh, Good job. Oh, yeah. See, that's why you exist, Ned. Exactly. You finally found your purpose. And you can sell her a bunch of insurance, I guess. Exactly. You get rich that way. Uh, But yeah, the the two, the little brother and and kid in tree can totally go at it. Because that kid doesn't say thank you. He's a jerk. No, that's true. And little brother is and, angsty. Yeah, he's super angsty. And like kid falling out of the tree is stuck in Punxsutawney. He probably doesn't like it that much. Yeah. Either, you know? And I feel like they both have very similar frustrations in life. Yeah. And, but would not find that as a way to bond with each other. They would just try and take out their frustrations on each other. Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel like Rita and Torrance would be friends. Yeah, and I would say um, Rita and Isis. Yeah, because they're both like just real hardworking ladies. Yeah, they know what dealing they want. dealing with some you know misogyny and yeah general um, frustration in their fields. Yeah, I can see that. They yeah, would get along just fine. Yeah, um, and yeah, there'd be a lot to like learn and talk about and discuss there. I yeah, think. yeah, and maybe maybe Isis ends up. Um, Going on to a career in journalism herself, especially after she connected with the the lady, the um, Oprah stand-in lady who gives them all the money. Oh, right. So yeah. maybe she's like, you know what? I, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to be the next Oprah. Exactly. And so I will, yeah, follow follow my path to journalism. And Rita produces the show. Yeah, that would Rita's be cool. Yeah. Oh, good job, guys. Yay. Um, I, feel, I do feel like Torrance and Nancy Taylor would probably hang out. Nancy Taylor, who's the woman who Phil dates mm. originally with his superpowers. She's very nice. She's very pleasant and fine yeah. and nice. And I feel like... I mean, she needs someone who's not going to use superpowers on her. Uh, yeah, right. And I feel like Torrance would would treat her just fine, uh, and they'd be they'd be buddies. I feel yeah, like. I could see that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I can see Torrance buddying with um, the was it the guy who leads Groundhog Day. Oh, right. Buster um, Green. Yeah, Buster yeah, Green. Yeah, because they're both, again, like, they're really enthusiastic about these things that seem very silly from the outside, yeah. but are just beloved traditions. Yeah, I feel like Buster Green would be, like, her grandpa or something. Yeah, exactly. Or like and it would be, like, maybe... they go visit him in Punxsutawney yeah, every year. It'd be, like, maybe p- other people don't get why the thing you love is awesome, but you yeah. just have to go out there with all the enthusiasm you have and show them how cool it is. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just realized someone at some point needs to say that, Burr, it's cold in here. There must be some groundhogs in the attic. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> They're flying. <laughs> oh, God, no, they figured it out. Now, now our air, air oh, supremacy man. is threatened. <laughs> I Now I'm kind of upset that we didn't do Bring It On crossing over with Hamilton because then it could be Burr. It's cold in here. And he'd be like, well, yeah, I, yeah. do you want a jacket? Right. I mean, I fine. Here. Is this Valley Forge? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We know, Aaron. Uh, yeah. Oh, flying groundhogs. That would threaten the superiority of the cheerleading forces. Now, yeah, I, I'm just imagining them in little, like, um, rocketeer packs with their little <laughs> goggles on. They have the technology. They do. Although, Bill Murray also has a lot of experience fighting groundhogs from Caddyshack. So he Is could it bring, a groundhog in Caddyshack? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. he. Uh, they. I mean, he's at least got access to high explosives. Um, it doesn't go great for him, but maybe he learned some lessons from Caddyshack. That, that is true, that he's carried over. And this is like his his next life. Yeah. And The groundhog defeater. Yeah. I love that there is this shadow crossover thing happening in the background where cheerleaders fight groundhogs. <laughs> and, yes. and it's very exciting to me. It is. <laughs> I, I just kind of want the graphic novel version in which yes. a cheerleading squad fights evil groundhogs who are trying to take over the world yeah and actually if you use the right font the movie title ground or bring it on groundhogs day could be totally intense and badass oh yeah like yeah like bring it on groundhogs bring, bring it on colon groundhog day yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if um, people cannot find the graphic novel of Bring It On Groundhog Day, uh, what sorts of things should they read otherwise So or have access to? For some other fun girl power themed movies, try Legally Blonde um, about a woman who gets into Harvard Law to follow her jerky ex and ultimately finds that she's a way better lawyer and person than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitch Perfect about a college acapella team trying to come back from an embarrassing failure and a young woman who finds community and creativity through acapella. Kind of another thing where it's like this is a very silly thing that people take very seriously absolutely and it's got Anna Kendrick yeah and just like a delightful cast and ador Mm. of adorableness yeah um whip it about a young woman who finds empowerment through her local roller derby competition um (laughs) like another movie that just makes me so happy inside and has an adorable wacky cast yeah it is pretty delightful we watched it recently and I had not seen it before and it is super fun so cute um Bend It Like Beckham, about a young British Indian woman trying to balance her talent on the soccer field with the expectations of her traditional Sikh family. Um, mm. Like, I love this movie so much. I could watch it all the time. Like, really sweet and funny and sincere and, like, just a really nice to see a largely Indian cast on screen, too. Mm. It's really great. And um, for a deeper cut, you can check out Gotta Kick It Up, which is um, a Disney Channel original movie about a girls dance team at a largely Latina high school. I don't Uh, know anything about this. I I mean, I've seen it on TV before. I was going to say, why was I not informed? But I think, but like, there would be no reason for me to be informed. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really charming, delightful movie. And America Ferreira is in the squad. Everybody's best friend, America Ferreira. Please be my best friend, America Ferreira. (laughs) Maybe not everybody's, just ours. Just please, yeah. Um, And it's just like, yeah, like a really sweet, thoughtful movie that's also really fun and cute and showing girls being on a team and dancing. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, for more about female-led organizations that take their rituals very seriously. Try Greek, which was on ABC yeah. Family before they changed it to, like, Freeform or whatever they call it now. Oh, that's right. It's a whole new, it's it's a a whole th- new thing now. Yeah, with a name like that the WB. doesn't make sense. Well, no, the WB was originally... And now it's the CW. And, yeah, and merged with UBN 
where I'm an old. Wow, yeah. I used to watch all the shows. <laughs> um, and that that is one of my favorite. Greek is one of my favorite shows about um, college life. I feel like even though, again, like the, the stakes are very high surrounding something that seems very silly, uh, but the characters are all really like sensitively drawn and, and yeah. fun. Um, and for why sports goodness, um, I've recommended these both before, I think in our Friday night lights episodes, but I love them. So I'm going to recommend them again. Um, exit pursued by a bear by EK Johnston, which is definitely more serious than bring it on, but it has the same respect for cheerleaders as like intense and creative athletes. Um, and then the dairy queen series by Catherine Gilbert Murdoch, um, especially front and center, which is the third in the series, which deals more with DJ on her school's basketball team. And being a kid who can only afford to go to college if she gets a full scholarship. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so lots of female-led yeah. team things. I would tack Clueless onto there as well. Yeah, I see, I was going to put Clueless, but it's not a particularly, like, team-oriented thing. That is true. Um, but it still has to do with people who are very popular, who you ultimately do want to succeed. And I do think it has the same kind of slightly heightened reality. Yeah, and, like... like kind of satire in there but yeah. it still loves its characters so deeply like it creates its its version of high school reality yeah um and in a way clueless invented the the fantasy of high school reality yeah. in the 90s oh it's good so good mm. um but yeah cool lots of good stuff how about yeah. for uh, groundhog day well, yeah i think for groundhog day there are discrete segments of this movie that can be recommended yeah, based yeah. off of depending um for like the time loop genre um groundhog day still does it the best i think of anybody but uh there's the recent movie edge of tomorrow which i think got rebranded on dvd as live die repeat because edge of tomorrow mm. is a terrible name for yeah. a movie Stars it could Tom, be any movie. Yeah, stars Tom Cruise. It's basically Groundhog Day in a sci-fi war. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, it's essentially, uh, which I, I imagine someone at a pitch meeting said at some point during the making of this film, because it's just so completely, you know, it's yeah. a, a soldier who goes through the same battle over and over and over and has to and, figure out how to survive it. And also be a better person overall. Exactly. How to be a better, more caring person. Uh, person. Uh, there's also Source Code by Duncan Jones, uh, which I have not actually seen, uh, but it features Jake Gyllenhaal and has a similar idea of uh, this one is there is a technology that is utilized to allow an operative to investigate a train bombing um, that he's involved in. Uh, and it sort of keeps looping backwards as he tries to figure it out. Um, Run Lola Run, which is like the original Divergent Timelines film. Uh, it's a German action film from, I believe, the late 80s. Yeah, I, think uh, it, I thought it was the 90s. Was it the 90s? Oh, I... I... I, maybe it's just because I heard about it then and assumed that. I think I had I heard about it around then and assumed that it was early, oh, it was older, but I'm not actually sure. So let well, us know. Yeah, um, or we'll we'll just link it in the show notes. Also very yeah. possible. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a great sort of action movie. It takes a slight. It's not that they're repeating the same story over and over. It's just that the same story plays out in multiple different ways, and it becomes a really cool narrative build in the way that the movie happens. Um, I would also say it's not technically a time looping movie, but it has loop in the title. Go see Looper. Uh, the Ryan Johnson movie starring Jason Gordon-Levitt, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Bruce oh, Willis. Yeah. Um, it's pretty a wonderful take on time travel, uh, but it's more like a crime movie kind of deal. Um, the just like Bill Murray being great genre. Uh, I think there's Lost in Translation where he's like old mopey sad Bill Murray Aww. being great. Um, but then there's like Ghostbusters and Scrooge where he's young wacky irreverent Bill Murray being great. Uh, and then there's all of his collaborations with Wes Anderson, like uh, the Aquatic Life of Steve Zissou. 
uh, 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 and Royal Tenenbaums. Um, yeah, he has such a lovely, wonderful persona in films. And and in real life, too, real where life. he'll yeah. go to your party sometimes. Yeah, if uh, yeah, he did a national tour where if you were having a party and held a banner out front that I think said, Welcome Bill, he would just come in and hang out for a while. And he did. Um, he's a weird guy, but boy, do we love him. Yeah, put on a cheerleader suit, yeah. Bill Murray, and show <laughs> us what you got. <laughs> totally. Um, I was thinking about the philosophical side of the movie, and the first thing that sprung to mind was Siddhartha by Hermann Hesse which is, uh, he's a German writer, is writing basically about the spiritual enlightenment and awakening of uh, the protagonist during the time of the Gautama Buddha. Um, I feel... So I read it when I was in high school. I very much enjoyed it. I would still recommend it. I feel a little weird recommending it on a podcast where part of the themes that we're talking about for these episodes is like white appropriation mm. because it is a German author writing about a South oh, Asian. Oh, so it's not, it's not just a translation? No, oh, it's okay. It's an original novel. Um, I would still say read it. It's great. Uh, but I would also, um, if, hey, you know, for you philosophy majors out there, if you've read Siddhartha and then have read other books that you would recommend in that vein, mm. I would love to check them out um, by authors of color or by that engage with those cultures a little more internally would be great. Um, however, I would also recommend Herman Hesse's book, uh, The Glass Bead Game, which is his final novel. Uh, it's a little bit dense, but I really enjoy it, uh, about a world where art and culture and music and all sorts of disciplines have been collapsed into this intellectual game uh, that there are masters of who play it. Um, it's sort of like really intellectual hunger games. Um, but less exciting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very thoughtful book, but it's cool. There's no Stanley Tucci no, telling no St you about Tracker Jackers. Exactly. In case you didn't know. Yes. Um, as we all know. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I would check it out. I very much enjoy it. Um, and then uh, there is a 2001 film called Samsara that's on similar themes to Siddhartha, uh, made by some South Asian artists, uh, who, uh, which I have had on my list for a while, but have not caught and would like to. Um, and then I would say for the sort of gently heightened but still surreal reality um kafka on the shore by haruki murakami uh it's just a uh, it's a book that has a like i said sort of a gentle surreality to it um weird characters just pop up there's a little bit more horror to it it'll occasionally just get very dark and scary but overall it's a, just a loving uh lovingly crafted book with a lovely kind of surreality to it that i would recommend um, so yeah, I think that's a lot of good material to work off of. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we have looped this loop. Yeah, I think, uh, oh God, the only closest thing I can remember, I can think of to recommend if people want to watch cheerleaders fighting groundhogs would be Sucker Punch, but don't go watch Sucker no. Punch. Um, somebody make that movie and make it good and then we'll recommend <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Oh. oh, well, you could, I mean, you can watch those baby owls fight. Yeah, that's it. If you if you really want Zack Snyder to make a movie for you, it's true. And he will always give Zack Snyder a pass for the owl movie. Just for the owl, I feel like he is wasting his career trying to do other things. Yeah. He just needs to make more movies about baby owls. And then we can all celebrate. Yeah, no, it would be better for everyone. I think maybe Zack Snyder is stuck in a loop, and he is. <gasps> well, he, he's going he, backwards in that case. Yeah, he he just needs to get back on the right track. It's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, next Zack Snyder film: Owls versus Groundhogs. Oh yay! Yeah, we'd be there first in line. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, until that happens, Annie, if people want more crossover appeal content, where can they find us? So they can find um, everything crossover appeal related, including our episode show notes at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Um, you can email us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Crossover Appeal Podcast. And on episode on weeks we don't have new episodes, we want to know what you've been watching or reading or listening to. So come tell us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Crossover Appeal. And most importantly, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a rating. Yeah, we love ratings and reviews. So yeah. if you want to leave us something that would be really cool yeah and we were thinking uh i could say between now and next episode anyone who leaves us a review on itunes will be entered into a drawing 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 uh and if they win they'll get to choose one of the things that we talk about on a future episode yeah um so yeah if you if you want us to talk about your favorite movie this is now is your time leave us a even a very brief review Mm -hmm. and you could win on our first big you could win big yeah like our first episode related uh contest yeah we're gonna we'll queue up the other half and we'll have it ready and then yeah. whatever you recommend for us we'll cross it over we'll do it we're gonna make it happen everybody yeah uh so yeah get out there leave those reviews and uh you too could be as famous as cheerleaders fighting groundhogs yeah i'm really stuck on this but it's awesome <laughs> if you can make us some fan heart with cheerleaders fighting groundhogs that would be awesome too yeah that'd be pretty cool uh but in the meantime until two weeks from now uh this has been crossover appeal i'm walt mcgoff and i'm annie cardi and we are reminding you too as always please ship responsibly 